Hi, this is Des, and you're listening to Delving with Des podcast. Well, welcome back to Delving with Des, and obviously it's Des here, and today we have Ian Braham. Is that how you pronounce that surname? Braham. Yes. Braham. Yes, Braham. Okay. I, think, I, th- I think locally, broom works. All right, broom, yes. broom as in sweeping. As in sweep the broom. <laughs> okay, cool. Ian is a great guy, and he's, in, he's been in Port Macquarie for some time now, and he's been involved in all sorts of things in his life. And so I just thought I'd give Ian the opportunity, before we talk about the things he really is doing now, let him talk about his life, because he's had a... A, a life which has been totally different mm. from anybody who's listening to this show. So welcome, Ian. Thank you. It's yeah. great to be here, actually. Ah, that's cool. So tell us about your life. My life. Oh, I, should I be lying down for this, Des? This is like a couch. <laughs> I didn't realise it was that. I didn't realise it was that type of interview. Okay. <laughs> well, it can be. Well, it can be. Yes. Uh, well, let's save Port Macquarie from the drastic sides. Yeah. Um, I uh, was born in Fiji. Yeah. Uh, I was the first white baby born in our little village. So oh, right. um, we were quite remote. We were nowhere near uh, the touristy slash areas that you might know uh, Fiji to be. Oh, uh, right. So how did you end up being born in Fiji? There must be a story behind There's that. There's a wee story. Um, Dad was in charge of CSR Sugar. Oh, right, so he's, okay. he was an industrial chemist working the docks in Sydney. Oh, right. And he got a job offer because back in those days um, they believed they needed a smart slash white person ah. to help them run a business. <laughs> yes. this, this is a long time ago I'm talking about. Sure. And uh, so the Fijian government reached out and found um, Dad in Australia, brought him over there right. uh, to help uh, kick off CSR Sugar and sustain it. Wow. So that's wow. how our family... Um, so your family all moved over there and... We, Mum and Dad moved over yeah. there and the three the three of us kids were born over there. Ah, cool. So cool. Uh, elder brother, elder sister, and yeah. I was the, the love child on the end. Ah, uh, very good. So do you have a Fiji passport as well? I uh, There's a dual passport, yes. Uh, right, and okay. so I, I can um, have uh, I can have land over there if I wish. And we are seriously uh, right. thinking about that on a missionary term, actually. Are you really? That might be a bigger conversation <laughs> for later on. My <laughs> wife and I uh, seriously are considering um, missionary work over there and poss- oh, wow. possibly longevity. Wow! Uh, back in Fiji, yeah. Oh, that's that's a huge change. It is a life. it is a huge change, uh, but there's a heart there, yeah. and and there's yeah. a need, and you, yeah. as the Lord, you know, where there's, where there's a need, yes, that's um, exactly right. You'll find the people. Yes, exactly right. So you grew up in Fiji yes. until what age? Uh, I was at Fiji until I was halfway through primary school, so oh, the beginning okay. of my years. Yeah, um, which I think was a wonderful foundation. Now I can look back. Obviously, yes, as we all get older, we can look back with a little bit of wisdom. And I believe that it was actually being surrounded by people who were like-minded on the Christian faith. Right. The majority of that country, as people always say, they go to Fiji and they don't know what it is, but they're just beautiful people. No, they're just happy. They know the Lord. That's why they're so happy. (laughs) It's cool. Uh, So growing up around them, I think, templated something in my head as a young Mm. child. I saw older men helping everyone. I saw mums helping other mums. I saw kids helping parents. I saw this lifestyle. So I think that's what was sort of templated in my brain. That's what I what I knew when I came to Australia. And and I that's think it, a, that's amazing, isn't it? Mm. I mean, one of the things you look at society today, and yes. you don't see that. Well, no, you don't. Right. And, and 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 it it's it's not a norm. So now yeah. parents, like such as us, have to do that through discussion with yes. children. And we're yes. fighting social media. We're fighting yeah, yeah. the norms of society. Yeah. But for me. There was none of that. No, it was. I it was lived. Norm. I li- it was a lived experience, yeah, and as cool. we know, with a lived experience, as it should be with the word, yeah. you know, a lived experience. That's how we do learn. That's how yes. we delve in more. So exactly. I had no other options other than witnessing what I saw these people doing day in day out. It wasn't always uh-huh. perfect, but I saw an outwardly working experience 
of of the gospels that created a better society and a stronger society and a blended society, a blended society, yeah. a more loving society, yeah. more yeah. accepting. Yeah. Um, very rarely did I ever, and I don't think I could name one where I saw them going off at each other, having an argument like you might even wow. see here. Not even a, to- a bit a tooted horn or a <laughs> or, or giving someone the rude gesture. It was yeah. not even wasn't considered just patience, yeah. acceptance. Wow. So that's where what I grew up with. Yeah. Almost like an island lifestyle, island feel. So you left Fiji at, ten, at uh, primary school? Yes. A- and went to? Northern Territory, to Nullumboy, up near Gove. Nullumboy, yes. Yes, because that's where you go when you come back from the tropics, isn't it? You go to the middle of, you go to the, you go, you go to the middle where it's uh, hot, and, hot and dusty. Wow. Um, and Dad, with his chemical engineering, went into the bauxite mining uh, oh, right, industry okay. and we're up yeah. there um, uh, in Northern Territory, which is where I fell in love with the Aboriginal people of Australia. Yes. That, um, having come from a primarily dark skin culture, that's yeah, all I really yeah. ever knew. Yeah. I was the odd one out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So moving to Northern Territory was my happy place. Yes, that was amongst sure. amongst the Aboriginals. Like I was, I was happy. Yeah, cool, um, man. Beautiful, beautiful people. Yeah. Um, and then from there we moved down to Brisbane, and that's where we planted ourselves. Right. And that's where we finished yeah. our schooling. The three right. of us. Right. Mm. So what happened after that? After schooling, uh, I went into um, uh, well, I, I went a little bit sideways as most kids do when they're raised yeah. in the Christian faith. They don't know anything different when the yes. world comes. Knocking, mm-hmm. sometimes it, it can the attractant can be strong. So um, I became a bit of a, a, a naughty boy, ah. uh, pushing back against the system and, and finding my own boundaries. Probably yeah. because I didn't have that strong cultural surrounding yes, of my Fiji upbringing. Yes, yes. I was now able to explore all these other areas, yeah. um, which was just uh, dangerous. And uh, I found myself in a position where I got in trouble with the law because I was training for martial arts right. training and I was right. uh, in the uh, fighting circuit. Oh, and I was uh, competing for the Australian um, titles for uh, freestyle fighting back then. Wow! Um, and um, I got myself in a bit of strife uh, with the, with the with the law. Yeah, when you have those sort of skills, that would happen, wouldn't well, it? Well, <laughs> and and of course, I didn't have you know I, I had um, not not walked away from my roots, but I, I was I was exploring my yes. boundaries yeah. and and. Um, in an uncontrolled area, which is what makes me so aware now as a parent of what I'm going through with my yeah. own kids yes, of course. as what's available for me, mm. to my tools. Um, so I got myself in strife. Um, Dad had a relationship with someone that we were with over in Fiji who was now in the Commonwealth Government right. back then. Yeah. And um, Dad said, can you help us out? Is there anything you can do for my boy? Um, this is where we're at. So I ended up joining the um, State Government Protective Services. Right. Right. Um, use your skills you had gleaned. I used those skills. Basically, <laughs> what it was is I was a bit of a crash test dummy, I think, at that age. I was, I was very young. I, I was 18, and um, I was their uh, physical trainer. So right. this is before the air marshal program took off. Right. So if that gives listeners an idea of the age sort of thing a little while mm. ago. So I would train them in less lethal how to take down people, how to control a situation, large crowds, crowd control, those sorts of oh, things. Right. So um, teaching them how to look after people, basically, yeah. with my... My, my, my fighting skills, if that makes sense. Yes. So that's how I got into that. That's how I got into the Commonwealth Protective Services, and I just moved up through the ranks from there. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's just amazing in itself. It's a journey just in that alone. I, I'm not going to say anything that will offend you because you might sort of take me on or something. No, <laughs> no, no. Now, now with God's love and wisdom. <laughs> that's really, uh, really cool. So tell me, how did you end up in Port Macquarie? Um, came here to retire. Oh, right, okay. Yes. Yeah. I know, right? People look at that and go, well, you're too young to retire, but... This is where a bit of this, 
with the, the children and using the wisdom of my what I went through in my mm. journey, not wanting them to grow up in a large city yes. that had the attractants that I had. Oh, right, right. So I had a much stronger foundation as a child and yeah. I still found the avenues. Yes. So I thought, what do we do? So my wife and I had a discussion and we thought, well, I want to be somewhere that's not on a main rail. Yes. I don't, yes. Want, I don't want trouble to come and go on the train and, yes. and, and, and for my daughter something to happen to her or for my son yes. to be involved in it. Yeah. I, I don't want to be on major bus routes. No. Where, oh, okay. where where we've got major cities coming. I did a lot of research into wow. it. And um, it was either the bush or the coastal town. So, and you um, chose the coastal town? My wife did. Oh, your wife did? Yes, gentlemen, yeah. listen carefully. I wasn't silly. <laughs> I, I threw my wife the car keys. And, well, because what it was is, you know, the, 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 I wanted her to be happy where she was as the mum of the house. Of course. So my, my job to keep the monsters away from the front door, her job to own the house. So... Yeah. I threw her the car keys and I said, babe, you, you go have a look. You tell yeah. me what you think. Yeah. And after two days she rang and she said, I love the place. I think it's perfect for the kids. It's a beach town still. Yeah. People work on a handshake. Yeah. Um, I think you'd love it. And I said, do you love it? She said, I would really love to live here. Oh, wow. So that's what we did. That made the we decision packed up. It was a God. It was a God thing. We just wow. packed everything and um, we didn't know how we were going to do it. Next minute, two days later, we, we were introduced to someone who owned a, 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 a transport company who said, oh, I'm actually going down to Kempsey, which we didn't know where that was. Yes. And he said, it's not far from where you live. Look, for a couple hundred bucks, I'll take all of your furniture. Wow. So we got wow. a whole house moved for like less than $1,000. Wow. And then we had all these gifts open, doors open, gifts arrive, um, blessed with a perfect property owned by a Christian. Wow. Um, who actually uh, went to Grace Church. Oh, uh, right. Beautiful, beautiful husband and wife. All these godly things just kept happening. It was just, it was perfect. I love it when God's plan comes yes. into play. Yeah. Especially, so. when, especially when God leads you to somewhere like Port Macquarie. And well, it, it could have been, it, it, I don't think it could have been much. <laughs> it could have been Kempsey. It, correct. It could have been Kempsey. It could have been somewhere inland. I mean, he just, and, our, he, and our dear friends from Kempsey are listening. Please don't take any No, of well, see, Kempsey's the farming side of things, and we've yeah. done that. Yeah. So I think yeah. um, God knew that it had to be a river or the ocean ah, right. to keep me, you know, oh, happy really and good. keep me centered. So we're talking with Ian Broham from, uh, well, we'll talk about where he, where, what he's doing now. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back shortly. You're listening to Delving with Des. Hi, you're back with Delving with Des and we have Ian Broham with us. And we're just now going to talk about some of the areas that Ian's involved with. And one of the things that he is involved with is marine rescue. And so, uh, Ian, how did you get involved in the marine rescue side of things? Well, um, Obviously coming to Port Macquarie to retire, but being servant-hearted, so still serving in church, um, loving the community, I wanted to do something. I wanted yes. to do more, and I think a lot of people can resonate with that. Yes, they, of they, that's where our volunteers come from, the yeah. soup kitchen people to the, our lifeline people. Yes. Um, so many people here in Port Macquarie give it their time, and I wanted to be one of them. Yes, that's so, very admirable. Well, I... But I actually wanted to as well yeah, too. So yeah, yeah. and and I, I went down and I, I met the crew at Marine Rescue and and it, for me in the beginning it was a bit more of a mental therapy thing. Okay. I needed to get out of the house. Right. I needed right. to stay active. Yeah. But then I just found a sense of belonging. Um, yeah. They really truly do serve and they are all yeah. volunteers. There's absolutely no one paid there, even the boss. All right. So what is what what is the, the scope of Marine Rescue? Twenty four hours a day. Yeah. Seven days a week, Doing 365 that. days, looking over the waterways completely out to the horizon, oh, as okay. far as you can see, left and right, and all the way out and up the rivers. Oh, right. Okay. So they never turn off. Oh, right. They're not seasonal, and yeah. and that's where I, I I found a lot of respect 
for yeah. them in that space because yeah. you know what, Des, there's so many of them there that you would actually know who they are if yeah. I was to w- yeah. run their names. It's amazing. We've got – and I want people to grab this. We've got doctors, nurses, single mums, single dads, electricians, wow. plumbers. We've got retired people. We've got retired dignitaries. Wow. We have all sorts of people in marine rescue. They are amazing. I was actually – a little bit dumbfounded when I found out, when I talked to some of these people, it's like, really? Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. What are you doing here? I just wanted to help out the community. Yeah. And I'm I'm happy that no one knows that, you know, what I do or what I own or whatever. Wow. Just giving it their time. Yeah. And having fun doing it, actually. That's that's a big thing, fun. So in terms of marine rescue, Mm. how does the process work? So, you know, I'm out in my boat and I'm offshore. Yes. And I get into stripe, my engine cuts out out or whatever. What am I doing? Do I phone the police and they use... They contact Marine yes. Rescue or yep. how does that all you can, work? You can do that. So there's always triple O, always triple O, yeah. no matter what. So Marine Rescue actually comes underneath the police. Not many oh, people right, know okay. that. So, oh, right. yes, we come underneath the very uh, close guard of the water police. Oh, right, okay. Yes, yes. so uh, there's very strong uh, foundations there and, and laws and ethics that, that are bound by that. Yeah. Um, so if you call triple O, that will come through and they will activate because they're the ones that essentially control it anyhow. Yes. So yes, we respond sense. to them. Um, however, if you have a radio on your boat, oh right, yes, Which you should have. Yes, 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 you should have for safety. Um, channel sixteen, you can on the emergency, you can call and 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 uh, oh, and right. say hello, help. I've broken down, which happens quite a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. run out of fuel, my battery has died. Yes, um, yes. or with there's phone numbers you can call as well too. They're on the website. Oh, right, and there's also an app oh, that you can right. log on. And if you do log on via the app, they can actually follow you on the app. Oh, really? So they can say, oh, my gosh, we can see that you're actually drifting. We know exactly where you are. We can come and get you. Oh, how cool is that? Oh, it's very amazing. It's just been released this last year, and the app is sensational. So what's the app called? Uh, Marine Rescue. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, Marine Rescue New South Wales. So all the guys who are listening in who have a boat in this region. Oh, my word. Get that app. Get that app. Just mix them. It's a free app, I presume. It's a free app, and you log on, and... uh, Everyone that uh, has their, uh, their boat registered with Marine Rescue, which m- nearly most yeah. do, when they use that information in their app and they log on via that app when they go out, they can find them by their phone ping. Oh, wow. It's amazing. Yeah, Absolutely that's so, amazing, that's which so cool. is vital because um, distance is a big thing when you're at, when, when you're at sea. And, and time can be a big thing as well too. Obviously. So how is Marine Rescue funded? Is that all just donations Yes. Too? Okay, yes. I guess you get yeah. some government now grants you're, or now something. Now you're talking, no, we can get grants and we do have a grants yeah. officer and he yeah. works tirelessly to, yeah. to get money for us uh, for certain things. However, um, how it is funded is by you and by me yeah. and by these amazing people of Port Macquarie, by yes. the people that they've saved. It is, it is funded by the people. Wow. It is. It is. Um, they receive a small amount of money from the government, not as yeah. much as other first responding agencies, right. and the rest is self-funded. Wow! It's. I was actually a, a taken back when I found out it costs one hundred and sixty thousand dollars a year to keep that base running. Wow! And the radio tower running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is funded by Port Macquarie. Wow! And also key um, donors. Okay, so key, who would they key be? Donors. We've got key businesses. Key businesses. So, yeah. so burdens. The wonderful burdens. A lot of people won't, won't realize that burdens out there near the uh, the, the boat uh, yes. construction place out yes. near the bridge. Yes, they are a tremendous giver and supporter of marine. And when I say tremendous, I say tremendous. Wow. So you so think good. that that's just a small workshop that's out there doing you know just building away boats and things like that? No, they are giving back to this community. Oh, that's more amazing. than what people will truly understand. Wow. wow. IGA growers. 
Uh, or oh dear, I'm, I'm going to forget some of our sponsors. This yeah, is the, the, the boss will shoot me. Um, so, so we've got um, we've got the the taverns tacking points oh, and, right. and and whatnot taverns yeah. um, giving in and to our social uh, social clubs and things like that. Ah, oh, cool. Uh, we've got IT firms supporting right. in. We've got um, some of the larger organisations. So one of the biggest ones that's just come on board now is Mediki's come back on oh, board. Right. They've been there for a long time. Yeah, Mediki are now and now are, are, are quite a substantial. That's so good. Um, well, see, the the public aren't aware of what some of these companies do. They think that they're just large companies doing and taking money, but no, no, they give. Yeah, they, yeah. they give. Yeah. yeah, these these people that own some of these companies and these businesses have been in these positions before. Sure, and they give, and they, they probably have a boat that they and they may have a boat that and but they they give of they give of their time and treasure. Yeah. That, right. that the public won't always know. No, 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 and the public don't need to know. It's and just between what, you and the that's organization. The way that they like it though. This yeah, is the, 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 yeah. the some people are gifted with giving. There's some sizable businesses in Port Macquarie that give to Marine Rescue to so keep, w- keep them. So, what's your role within Marine Rescue? I'm currently the administration officer and the media right. officer. Wow. Yeah. So that's why that's why I'll probably get the, 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 the wooden stick when I get back for the from turning around saying, How come you didn't know all of our thirty yeah. sponsors off the top of your head? Yeah, I yeah, I just fell into that role. I'm I'm on boat crew, so I go oh, out right. on I go out on the boats. Sure. Uh, so how often would you be out on the boat, for example? We've got a one and four roster. So what it is is uh, you're on for a week, on call for a week. Right. Um, and you can just stay in town. You don't have to be at the base or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. You can just be at home. Um, obviously no alcohol or anything like that yeah, when yeah. you're on call. And um, and then four weeks off. All right. Yeah. Okay. And you can swap shifts. There's nothing overly regimental about it. Uh, right. We all swap shifts with each other. We just let our skippers know. Yeah. So you so you get a phone call if you're at home and say, it's a hey, text. you need a they, text. They have, it's an automated, text. like a paging system run oh, by right, Telstra. Okay. It's, okay. it's very sophisticated. Uh, cool. Mm. So what sort of experiences have you had you know, in rescuing? Can you talk about some of those? Oh, well, as what have we performed? Yeah. Yes, I think, um, well, the last two that actually just happened for me was a, a gentleman that got knocked out of his boat in the mouth of the river. Oh. Um, he was coming in on his own and actually um, hit sidewards on a wave. Uh, I think it caught him off guard. Oh, he was okay. experienced. Yeah. Um, it flipped the boat sidewards and he, he banged his head on the side of his boat, which opened his head up quite terribly, but also threw him out of the boat. Oh, now, um, another thing for Bodies out there, what happened, what saved him was his 12-year-old self-inflating vest. Ah, of course. He had yeah, an old yeah. jacket that he used to wear all the time that had a self-inflating vest in it. It activated and it popped him back up again and he was able to, as he was going in and out of consciousness, remain to draw some air in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, luckily, uh, with the help of one of the lifeguards from Town Beach, he was surfing at the time. Oh, um, that's probably I, shot hard. Yeah, he was surfing. So everyone, there was a mayday call that went out from another boat. Uh, I was at the Marine Rescue Base and I quickly rang my boss and said, how do you want me to action it? Because we always, there's, you've got to check before we do anything. You can't sure. just run off and do your own thing. And he wasn't far away and he told me, I'm also a jet ski rescue operator. Oh, right. So he told me to grab one of the jet skis and get out there now as it was a mayday. Yeah, yeah. Um, which we did and we were able to grab him and, and bring him ashore. Wow. So You uh, essentially saved a life. It's amazing. With the help of others. Yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yes, yeah. Yes, I yes. made the team. Yeah, 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 the team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the lifeguards were, was just tremendous. He jumped yeah. on the back of my jet ski and we were able to catch his boat because his boat was still going at full throttle in the middle of the bar going oh. in circles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the poor thing. So yeah. Yeah, a group effort for sure. Yeah. Oh, but no, once again, great. of volunteers. 
Yeah, no, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's really get good to get that insight into marine rescue because we walk past it all the time and we, you know, see the boat out in the river occasionally and, and mm, offshore, mm. and you just wonder what it's doing. So we would encourage people who have got some free time just to get in there and and help them out. Oh, it, and it's also tremendous fun. Yeah, and the yeah, and, and the volume of training is substantial. Oh, that's so good. Uh, substantial. There's yeah. a lot of training. Okay, we're going to take another short break and then we're going to come back and talk to Ian about the other side of his life. We'll be back shortly. You're listening to Delving with Des. Hi, we're back with Delving with Des and we have Ian Brougham with us and we talked just before the break about marine rescue and all the wonderful work that those guys do and it's amazing. But you know, there's another side to Ian. Ian is so involved in, in helping the community. And the other thing he gets involved with is sports chaplaincy. And I'll get Ian to explain what sports chaplaincy is and why you decided to get involved with it. Mm. Um, so sports chaplaincy, they've been around for 39 years. Is that right? That's right. So um, it's nothing new. Yeah. Um, everyone hears the word chaplain, and I think, as I did, yeah. uh, the first thing you think of is, oh, the school chaplain? Yeah, or the hospital right. chaplain, you yes, think, okay, right. no, they, and they are two very intricate roles. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's, no, there's so much more. Yeah. And this is what I wasn't aware of. So every NRL team, first grade NRL team, has a chaplain. Right. And I don't know, many people might remember 10, 15 years ago seeing the availability of the players and, and probably the trust where they started showing their faith on the ground. Yes. I don't know if they remember watching NRL games and all of a sudden everyone was starting to wear crosses on their on their tape on their wrists or they started yeah. praying publicly yes. or taking a knee publicly. There was a large shift that happened. That was when the heavy involvement came and the push of the chaplains back into the NRL. Right. And right. giving the boys and, and the ladies and the, uh, the ladies' teams the um, strength and the encouragement to say, mm. no, you are allowed to and then helping them assist to show their faith on the paddock. Oh, right. But it's much broader than just um, showing faith on the paddock. Is it? I mean, the role of a chaplain is... Oh, w- walking know, beside yeah, an individual. Yeah. So talk about that a little bit. That's basically, that's the word chaplain. Yeah. So uh, I think it's the Oxford Dictionary uh, says that a chaplain is, a, is, is an official of a Christian faith placed in an organisation to be of benefit to them. So not like a pastor or pastoring or pastoral... Yeah, a chaplain can go places that church can't. Yes, this is this yes. is this is the this is the the catch. This is where Jesus has decided to. He needs to make a a, a, a clear path to get into the community. Mm. So, to be a sports chaplain, you have to be in church and active in church and okay. have a, and and have a reference from your pastor. Oh right, okay. Yes, you yes. can't just apply to be a chaplain. Yeah, so you must be a faith filled person. Right, um, and with a with a, a encouragement from your um pastor, right. a pastoral reference. You're planted in an organisation out of your church. Right. So right. Um, it is nothing that you're just a fly-by-night and you want to help people. You, you need to be a proven person with a good faith record. And you need to go through training as well. There's I mean, it's definitely a, training yeah. that you have to go through. You, you do get accredited. Yeah. Yep. And you do have circumstances where under normal circumstances you might not be able to manage or deal with situations that you oh, confront. Indeed. So, indeed. so you need that training. Is indeed, you so do need key. the training. And even still does. Um when things do come up, when you've um, been with the Lord long enough, there are some things that can still trigger you that you're still yeah. working through. Yes. So even if it were just you and I, and I was to say, oh, Des, um, you know, we've got to go chat to this organisation, you may turn and say, you know what, Ian, that's actually pretty strong for me. Yeah. And I'll go, you know what, Des, how about you sit this one out yeah. and I'll grab John. It's all right, mate. 
So yeah. it's not like something where you have to run into every time yeah. because you have to be wise and know that you don't want to take your own burdens into yes. a meeting with someone. Oh, so true. So okay. a lot of thought goes into it in that space there because you are still shining the light of God yeah. and you're yeah. walking in with your church behind you, with your prayer team behind you, mm. but you're not walking in with the label of your church. Yes. And this yes. is the important thing because the world yes. doesn't want to hear about our church. Yes, that's but right. A chaplain can walk in and just be Des. So what or is just a chaplain's role? And you know, under normal circumstances where somebody isn't injured or mm-hmm. sort of whatever, what's the role of a chaplain? So you, I'm a chaplain, say, and yes. a soccer chaplain, let's say, and I'm supporting a team. Yes. Or, yeah, I think it's the right term. And I go along to their matches. What? What do, what do I do? Do I just sit there and watch the game, or do I, am I looking for people in distress, or what is it, what is the role of a chaplain at a game? I think the best way to do it, um, how chaplains best come to be, it's their heart. Uh, so it's God that leads them. So how you present yourself and the role that you your heart takes you into is where the Lord wants you is where you best fit. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's what's developed through the training is to like where would you go? So if you were with that soccer team, your heart would be for those people in that team. Yeah, it would yeah. also be for the coach. Yes. It would also yes. be for the owners of the club. Oh, you don't even think about that, do no, you? No, there's just a much bigger picture because yeah. s- sooner or later there's always a hard discussion that has to happen yeah. with someone that can change the direction of where they're at. Yes. It's like your workplace yes. at work. You know how you can take an independent person in with work if you were to have a yeah, disciplinary yeah. meeting yes. or something like yes. that? If that were to take place in sport, what happens when you yeah. think about it? There was normally well, nobody there. Well, uh, yeah. and all of a sudden, uh, some of these high-profile players uh, can't get the newsreader jobs, or they can't get the sports commentating yes. jobs. What happens yes. to them? Where are they? Yeah, they end up like well, mid twenties, late twenties, maybe early thirties, and uh, and maybe not have anything injured, to go forward to, no and maybe not saved for yeah. a rainy day and so forth. Yeah, you don't think about those Correct. things. And then all of a sudden they, they find themselves in a small town and no one knows who they are or, or where they are or what they are. So yeah. the role for you is to sit beside that person and journey yeah. with them yeah. and just be a friend and just yeah. be there for them yeah. and shine the light of God without needing to preach the Gospels because most people understand as a Christian that if you are there around someone long enough, they will ask the question because they will say, why are you always so flippin' happy? It does yeah. my head in. <laughs> why are you always so yeah. positive? Who was it that said it's our responsibility to preach the gospel and if you have to use words, that's okay? Yes, exactly. Yeah, I can't remember who said Some philosopher from yeah. Yeah, time, time past. But it's so true, isn't it? Well, I mean, it is very example. true because in times of grief, uh, uh, counsellors and things listening will understand it's what's not said. Yeah, it's listening. You have to be right? very, very careful. It yeah. is a, look, I take, it is such a blessing, Des, such a blessing to be able to sit beside someone in a time mm. of grief. And, and yeah. to with the authority of Jesus to say, keep your mouth shut, just sit with them, just sit with them and keep going in prayer and just be with them and be yeah. with them yeah. and to be there through that journey and then at the end for them to turn around and say, thank you for listening. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that moment, that's, that's that moment. That's, that's, that, that's, that's when that's, you get rewarded in a sense. That, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's when wow. you turn, I can turn back around the other way and I can just look at Jesus and go, oh, you're awesome. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So, so it, it, it's such a blessing to be there. So what's the difference? We talked before briefly about it, but describe the difference between pastoring and chaplaining. Yes, my word. So um, pastoring is a bigger picture, much bigger picture. The chaplaining, chaplaincy is uh, the spearhead. You're right at the very pointy end 
Mm. Um, I believe part, uh, the chaplaincy is an awesome pathway to get the person to a pastoral person. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, no, So, so it, 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 it's, a, it's a transition. It's a segue. Mm. Um, I think uh, because I ministered in the States for quite some time when I was ordained over there, and you walk in with that authority and people – you can talk to some people, other people are. I'm not interested in talking to the weirdo church person. Uh, yes. As a chaplain, I can walk in as an independent support person. Yes. Happily announce that I go to church, but not yeah. turn around and say, oh, I'm from so-and-so church. Yeah. But yes, I go to church, but I'm not here to talk about my church. I'm here no, exactly. to just be with you. Oh, exactly. Oh, oh, okay. And the conversation will roll on, and then f- I can be there for them. Do you find that um, there are people that you come across who are anti-Christian I guess, mm. and they get resentful at you know at you coming and talking to them as a chaplain. Yes. Yeah. Yes. How do you deal with those situations? To be loving yeah. and to be kind and just to respect their space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's their decision, um, and immediately uh, when I walk away from their proximity, it's straight into prayer for them. Yeah. Because there's mm-hmm. hurt and there's pain and there's yeah. misunderstanding and miscommunication. I have absolutely no idea what's happening in their world and their life. And as God said to me once, if it's if, if I can't use you on this one, there'll be someone else. Don't yeah. worry. Leave yeah. it with me. Yeah, so cool. if it's not me with that person, then I just trust in the fact that Jesus is going to bring the next one right behind me. Yeah, that's really cool. So if I can't, then I don't. Yeah, no, that's good. That's yeah. really, really I'll good. i just stay on Jesus completely. Yeah. So, uh, so I guess, is there any sport that doesn't have chaplains or does every sport have chaplains? No, there are a few. But believe it or not, we have croquet chaplains, we have oh, yeah. darts club chaplains, we wow. have horse racing chaplains. Um, I think people might remember the prayer that happened at the beginning of Bathurst last year on the starting oh, yeah. line, sports yeah. chaplain. Wow. There's chaplains wow. at the surf lifesaving clubs. They're sports yeah. chaplains. Remote control model flying clubs, chaplains. Really? It's basically a social chaplain, any organisation. Yeah. yeah. Ah, right. It's just right. amazing. Anywhere where there's a group of people that the, you can you can get a chaplain into and um, we're now working with Netball New South Wales. I've just come back from the um, Netball state titles down at Maitland and Newcastle. 3,000 girls in the first year of males uh, vying for the um, New South Wales Premiership jerseys and dresses uh, for Netball. Um, it was the best weekend I've ever had. Wow. I had parents coming up saying, thank you guys for being here for my daughter. Oh, that's wow. okay. The coaches, thank you for being here for our girls. The guys coming past going, how awesome is it? You guys are here. You guys rock. <laughs> um, Netball New South Wales thanking us for being there for them. Yeah. And we were in our happy place. Wow. that's Because there was a church presence there loving yeah. on people. And we were just getting so much thanks. That's so amazing. basically God was getting thanks yeah. from people. Yeah. That's great. So the community so was thanking yeah. the church. They didn't even know it, yeah. basically. <laughs> we're going to take another short break and we're going to come back and talk about more sports chaplaincy in a minute. We'll be back shortly. You're listening to Delving with Des. Hi, we're back with Delving with Des, and we have Aidan Brougham with us today. And we're talking about sports chaplaincy, and and he's opened my eyes about a lot of things that happen in sports chaplaincy in terms of its breadth and its the width of what they do, um, which is really it's just mind blowing, really, in terms of the reach into the community. Ian, talk to us about what the requirements are for a sports chaplain, because obviously different from being a pastor, but there's a lot of similarities in, in many ways. There are similarities, I think. Yeah. Well, well, it's the, the Jesus heart is the biggest similarity, yes. I yeah, think, that can exactly exist together. Right. But the requirement is to be, uh, it, it is a Christian organisation. Yes. Um, there are um, other uh, chaplains out there, but they're from their faith organisation, yeah. and, and God love them, you know, they're, 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 doing, they're, they're helping. 
Um, however, Sports Chaplaincy Australia is a Christian organisation. Mm-hmm. We have um, all denominations within the yes. Christian faith yeah. as chaplains. And uh, you must, uh, to apply to be a chaplain, uh, you need to be based out of a church and have a pastoral reference. So you can apply through our website, which is um, sportschaplaincy.com.au. Yes. And, um, and all the applications and online details are there to, to, to fill that in. We have online training thanks to COVID. We have face-to-face training. Oh, right. Um, and we also have incident response training, which is wow, that's the so top important. tier of the yeah. training, that once you complete that, then you can be utilised for critical incidences, which wow. sadly we have quite a few of Yes, yes. Uh, in this day and age. So do you need to have formal qualifications to be a sports chaplain? No, I think the assessment... When I say formal qualifications, I think the people who actually assess you, the formal qualification truly is someone who's arrived at that point that believe that their Christian ministry yeah. is outside the building. Okay, okay. I think that's the qualification. Ah, okay. I think that's where all of the Christians that I've, uh, uh, chaplains I've talked to have basically said, I just realised that I wasn't doing enough. Yes. I wanted to do yes. more. It wasn't something that forced them into anything. Mm. I think the wisdom penny had dropped and realised, I can't just keep doing Sunday alone. Yes. I need to do more. Yeah, and, that, and that's so true. Actually, believe it or not, you may not know this, but I have a cert for in chaplaincy. Oh, look at you. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so it's, it's, it was called chaplaincy slash pastoral care. Yes. Is it because, a lot of that, because we talked about that link between yes. the two. So actually I have practice as a chaplain uh, in the workplace. So that so would be with Chaplaincy Australia. That was with Chaplaincy we Australia. We love Chaplaincy Australia. Yeah. We have very close relationship. Yeah. And uh, Sam, who's the coordinator of this area, yeah. um, I talk with him quite often. Oh, yeah. So we yeah. have very close relationship with Chaplaincy Australia. Oh, that's so, so cool. Yeah, Chaplaincy Australia is where I'm certified through. That's so lovely. That's all, that's all good. So you said they don't need to have formal qualifications like a cert for in no. chaplaincy, but there is ongoing training. What would that training look like? So the online training is for seven weeks. Uh, okay. Uh, it is Zoomed in. I think the how that came to be was during COVID. Yeah, of course. Uh, there was a large um, uh, requirement for that to take place. Yeah. Uh, so they continued their training. Um, so that's online. It is an accreditation. It's back, yes. It's backed by Alpha Crucis, uh, oh, un- right. underwritten. Okay. So it is all a national accreditation. And you do come out as an accredited chaplain. And there's so also you have face to get to re-accredited every two years or three years. Or no, something? once accredited, it remains same as your cert oh, four. Right, so okay. un- unless they bring out a drastic change in the um, the modules, which for this sort of qualification, no, there isn't. I think oh, it's right, only okay. in the medical industry where okay, that sort of changes. Right. right. But uh, no, you you maintain your accreditation. However, there is a yearly membership renewal. Yes. Uh, which is, yes. I think, it's just under hundred dollars. But what yeah. that does is it ensures you. Ah, so okay. Chaplaincy Australia is also fully insured. Yes. yes. So um, if you are serving somewhere and something were to happen, you're completely protected by That's so important lawyers. To know and that. In this day and age, yeah. it is very sad, but it is in very important. That's so, so good. So we've t- again, let me just go over something else. Mm. Why would somebody become a sports chaplain? Why, why would I do that? Can I tell you why I did? Yeah. And would that maybe... Yeah, that's great. Um, because I, I, I'll only ever speak for myself. <laughs> because I, um, I was that person that thought I wasn't doing enough for Jesus. Mm. Yeah. So I administered over in the States. And yeah. when I came to Australia, I was almost about to minister here. And then um, there were things that changed. And I, my heart for the Lord was, I could do a little bit more. So then I was serving at church, then I was yeah. putting chairs out, then I was vacuuming, then I was cleaning, and then I was doing admin, then I was serving, 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 serving. And one day, um, Kev Young, another 
uh, yeah. fellow here in Port, great great man, he told me about sports chaplaincy and I said, chaplaincy, what on earth is that? I'm, I'm not going to work in a hospital. That's not yeah. for me. I'm not qualified <laughs> yes. for that. Yes. And he said, no, no, it's about community, the organisations. Yeah. So basically yeah. you get to minister in the community. Yeah. And I went, oh, yeah, that's interesting. And then the more I talked about it and looked into it, I thought I can do something in the community yeah. but not have a brand name of a church attached to it, just have the brand name of Jesus attached to yes. it. Yes. Now, that's authority. Yeah. So what are the um, attributes, let me put it that way, of a sports chaplain? What are the things that you would need to have, like patience, like yes. listening? Like yes. What other uh, attributes would you say? The old fruits of the spirit thing. Yeah, um, yeah I, very much so. It is fundamental, foundational. Yeah. I think um, a solid understanding of where you are in your walk yes. is without a doubt. Uh, yes. Because the people that you will talk with at sports chaplaincy um, on on induction and so forth are people that have been with the Lord for some time, have been tried and proven. Yes. These are people that have walked the journey. They've yeah. been ups and they've been downs. Yes. So if you, if you're going to be used as a chaplain, then you you truly need to make sure that you are in the right place yes. and the right time to do that journey yeah. with people because. Yes. You can have a conversation with someone that can actually change the course of where they're going. Exactly true. And if you yes. go in with your own heart and emotion and your own thoughts instead of the Lord's thoughts and yeah. the Lord's intentions, then you can do some damage. Yeah. So I think the the prerequisite is to be 100% faith-filled, in love with Jesus and mm. just in love with the Lord mm. and following Jesus. So cool, man. So uh, if, if somebody who's listening decides hey, you know, I actually could do that. You know, I'm interested in sport, I'm interested in people, and this is a real calling mm. that, that I could really do. Mm. What's the next steps for them? I would definitely encourage them to reach out to the website. And and uh, and, and the and website is sportschaplaincy.com.au. That's correct. Yeah. Yep. And they can uh, reach out to there and uh, put in an application or an interest request. Okay, cool. And, um, and that will come through to the regional coordinator. And in this particular area, it happens to be me. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so I look after from the Central Coast up to the Queensland border wow. and out to Tamworth. Wow, that's huge area. So I've got 76 chaplains at the moment. Wow. Yeah. That's there amazing. is a lot of chaplains out there, Des. Yes, there is a lot of people like you and I serving. And you would walk past them in the street and you wouldn't know who they are. Yeah, that's true. And on the weekends, they're out there looking after our kids. Yeah. They're at the dark club trying to help people. Just wow. don't, don't have that last drink, mate. Let's just chuff off home. Oh, wow. Just there's people yeah. helping everywhere that wow, you wouldn't, you wouldn't so cool. know. And there's also a, a phone number people can ring, mm. and that's one 800 518 058. I know you didn't know that number, so happy to help you out there. Thank you. <laughs> so that's uh, 1-800-518-058. So in summary, um, if somebody's running a sporting club, be it a darts mm, club mm, or be mm. it whatever, and they don't have a chaplain and they, and they want to explore that, how do they go about getting a chaplain? Same. Reach out to that number <laughs> into the website. So oh, okay. when so they exactly go onto the that website, there's two two areas that you can move into. One is as an individual and one is as an organisation. All right, okay. So we we are just heart-filled with organisations. That's where we want to be. Yeah, yeah. We have I've got five people in Port waiting to get into organisations. Is that right? Yeah. So wow. um, to be able to be there, we've just had one out at Warhope um, go in out there and the turnaround that's actually happened it's been amazing, absolutely wow. amazing. Like I'm, I'm talking heart explosion, amazing, the difference that these chaplains have been able to make out at that sporting club. Wow. To the point that that sporting club now promoted the chaplain and the church on their social media page. 
That's amazing. Yeah, That's can you remember the last time that you saw community, this world, saying something nice about the church? Yeah. yeah. I actually couldn't. <laughs> I sat with my wife and I went, babe, when was the last time that someone said something nice about the church? Yeah. I went, it just happened on yeah. Facebook. Someone said, thank you so much to this church for allowing their chaplain to be there for their club. Wow, that's so good. Thought, oh, that's huge. Yeah, that's amazing. That is a God statement on social media. Yeah. So finally, as we, we come to an end of this interview, what advice would you give to people as a chaplain, as a sports chaplain, just to people who may be listening, you know, whether they've got a faith journey or not, what advice would you give them? Joy. There's got to be joy. There's, there's so much yeah. pressure out there at the moment, and I think what's happening is we may from time to time not realise that some of that pressure um, goes down onto our kids on the paddock. Yes. So when we go to our sporting communities, our, us as parents may take a certain weight with us. Mm. Then the organisation has a certain weight on it. And then amongst all that is this little tiny thing trying to have some fun by kicking a footy around yes. or having a bit of having a bit of fun. And a bit of that joy is, I think is gone. Yes. In this day and age. And you can see that often. I think when you and I were kids, you know, we yeah. could we would have a stick and a ball and, and, and would whack it against just about anything. That's exactly but these right. days I think you can see the pressure on the little yeah. ones now. Yeah. Um, and I don't think there's much joy there. Chaplains play an amazing role in being able to bring a bit of calm yeah, it's good. to the sideline. Yeah. Because most chaplains have got to that wisdom point where it's just like, it's okay, yes. it's okay. Yeah. And you can do that grandparent, it's okay thing over yeah. the kids and the parents. So I think it's it's the joy. It's the joy in the game and it's the joy for the people playing, bringing back some humour. Because so at the end of the day, we're just a fun-loving ratbag bunch. Yeah, that's and right. we're filled with an intent to loiter. Yeah. We loiter with intent. Yeah. Just walk around to be next to the next person to when God says, it's them, it's that yeah. one, it's yeah. that one. Same as what you might do as you're walking down the street and exactly. go, oh, I'll go into prayer for that person. Yeah, you, yeah. We have the authority as a chaplain to do that in that organisation, yeah. which is yeah. a blessing. That's so good. We've been talking with Ian Broham from uh, Port Macquarie. We've talked about uh, marine rescue and sports chaplaincy. It's been great to have you, Ian. Thanks thank you so, so much, much for Des. being part of it. Thank you so much. And thank, thank you so much for providing an opportunity to talk about these things too. Oh, it's great, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. You have been listening to the podcast of Delving with Des.